Hey, welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. Doing good? Glad you're here. If you're first time guest, man, we're honored that you're here. And just know that you're going to get better out of today. Are you ready for it? Come on, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for every man, every woman, within the sound of my voice. And Holy Spirit, I just tell you, I need you. Your people need you. Heal, equip, restore. I'm going to preach your word. And I ask that you would do the rest. Breathe fresh life, I pray, in this place. Breathe on someone, God, who's been dry for seasons. Spirit of the living God, we need you. Elevate Jesus, strengthen families, reveal purpose, unlock giftings and talents, unlock the love of God and the grace of God in this place, God. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, I declare I will become the person you've made me to become. By your grace, by your power, I am who you say I am. I declare today... I will be a champion in my own generation. I'll elevate you. I'll honor you in Jesus' name. Come on, a faith-filled church said. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, ask them this question. Here's my sermon title today. Are you suspicious of blessing? Just tell them that. Are you suspicious of blessing? Now grab your seats. Hope I didn't awaken the skeptic within. Um, We've been in a series in our church called Breathe Again, and it really came out of my own time where I got to spend uh, kind of away from church and just praying for the next season of our church, but also came out of a time where I was teaching my little daughter to swim and knowing that it's not just the mechanics of swimming, but really it's about really the breathing of swimming that is vital. And so in your Christian life, know that it's not just about what you do. But it's about the breaths you take. It's about you breathing in the breath of God. It's about you breathing in the very life of God. And you can struggle all you want. But how many of you know you can see some people who really know how to swim and they seem to be doing it effortlessly? Whatever, okay? And they seem to be doing it so easy. I did not say effortlessly, effortlessly. Like, that was difficult. That was a tongue twister. Didn't even know it. But you can see someone doing something so well, and you're like, what am I doing differently to them? And someone else is moving forward and faster, but it's how they actually breathe. And I want you to know today that God wants you to breathe in a fresh breath of life, a fresh breath of encouragement. It is not just coming to the house of God, but it's what you receive in the spirit, in the worship, in the communion, in the preaching, in the people, in the before and after church. That is the receiving of the grace of God to do what you were meant to do. Are you with me? Um, Have you ever done something though that you, you look back later and you go, why, why did I do that? Like, I've done that a lot in my life. I'll be honest. Like, I, maybe you're one of those people. You've never done that. Maybe come pray for me after the service. I've done this a lot. About a year ago, I walked up to a woman. Uh, she was at Bank of America. I was getting some money out. I must have been thinking of something else. And so I weirdly stood over her 
and then was looking at her as she was punching in the numbers. And then she suspiciously, obviously, rightly, literally looked back at me like, weirdo, back off. And then I realized what I did. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm such a weirdo. <laughs> she should have been suspicious of me. She had every right to be. I was doing, I was going to do her no harm, but for some reason, I was just thinking about other things. I was just like, let's just stare at her pin code. Hey, can I have a 20? Suspicious is both a good thing and it's a bad thing sometimes. Um, I walk my kids to the bathroom because I'm suspicious of people. Don't trust everyone. And that is actually a good thing because that is a protectionist thing, right? Uh, my daughter said to me, she's four. I said, uh, honey, get changed. And then we're going to put on some more clothes. And she literally looked at me and says, daddy, you can't see my privates. Pretty sure I've seen them before. You're four. You know, and, um, and then I took a good coaching moment. Where I was just like, well, mommy and daddy and doctors can. Everyone else, just get the heck away, you weirdo. Um, so there's good suspicion and there's bad suspicion. Um, I found that sometimes, isn't it easy to form an opinion about something that you know very little about? So I have people all the time tell me, Anthony, I want to go to Australia. But I've heard there's a lot of spiders there. I'm like, you're right. When you get off the plane, there's going to be spiders waiting for Americans <laughs> to eat their souls. And then if you break past the spiders, if you go in the water, Jaws is there every time. And millions of people die every year from shark attacks. Actually, no, maybe one. And in all of my years, and, and my wife is petrified of spiders and anything that, that flies in your face, even if it's just tiny, But she's like, baby, I, I, just, I just heard about a spider attack. And I'm like, I grew up my whole entire life there. And there was one spider attack I remember in 19 years of, of living in Australia. Like, but we can form opinions very, very quickly, can't we? Out of wrong information, misused information, we can form information or form opinions about things just in a tweet or one article we read or not even an article that we read. We read the headline of the article and we form opinions very quickly because how many know that you have an opinion about everything? And whether that opinion is right or wrong, it's still an opinion and it has a frame of mind and it shapes how you live. And so I want to tell you today and ask you today, are you suspicious of God's blessing in your life? I think we have a problem when we're more suspicious of God and the Holy Spirit and we're less suspicious of getting high and drunk. More suspicious of church or are you less suspicious of a club? Listen to what Luke chapter 11 verse 11 said, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? He's literally like, why are you being suspicious of God here? He says, or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, he says, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts. Someone say good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. 
He is literally inviting you and me to picture even the fact that your father and your mother are not perfect, actually flawed and need a savior. And he says, listen, if your mom and dad know how to give you a good gift, don't you think the perfect, holy, gracious one up above says when you ask for something good called the Holy Spirit, I am going to give it and I'm going to give it in abundance in Jesus' name. Are you with me? The goal and the desire of God is to walk with you. God wants relationship with you. You may believe in Him, but He wants more than that. He actually wants relationship with you. God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. God walked with Abraham. God walked with Moses. God wants to walk with you. They were not special. The book of James actually tells us that Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed, and when he prayed, results happened, which means when you pray, results can happen if you pray like Elijah prayed. Sometimes I think that many times in Christian circles when we're believing God for good things and breakthroughs and moments and we're believing God in these little moments and we're saying, God didn't show up. Did you pray like Moses prayed? Like if you want Moses' results, you've actually got to do it Moses' way. If you want Elijah's results, you've got to do it Elijah's way. If you want discipleship results, you've got to do it that way. I don't just pixie dust Jesus. Jesus... He's not a genie in a bottle. You don't just have to rub him the right way. Christina Aguilera. Okay? No, no, no. God, Jesus says, if you'll seek me with all of your heart, he says, I will be found by you. Let me give you a definition of a disciple. A disciple is one who walks in the same path as the person who they say is Lord, right? A disciple is one who walks in the same path. So if Jesus prays and I'm a believer, which means I'm following, I'm believing, therefore I start praying. If he gives, I give. If he forgives, I forgive. And so I have to model some of my life to do with what Jesus did. So let me give you a few thoughts that's so imperative for you to understand of how reliant the person of the Lord Jesus Christ was on the Holy Spirit. Let me give you about six thoughts when it comes to this real quick. Jesus was born of the Spirit. He was approved of the Father. He was baptized in water. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Spirit and He was empowered by the Spirit. Hear that again. Jesus Himself was born of the Spirit. Now, he did that in, in, in the Mother Mary's womb. How many of you know to be a Christian, you have to be born of the Spirit? Then he's approved of the Father. God says to him, you are my son whom I love. In you, I am well pleased. And when you really learn who you are in Christ, you actually recognize the Father says the exact same thing about you. Then your next step would be to be water baptized where a disciple or a leader baptizes you in water and you make a public declaration that I am a follower of Jesus, not as a little baby, but as a, a fully formed adult, right? It says he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. That means to be surrounded. It means to be immersed. He literally, in Matthew chapter 3, he came upon him. Now watch this now. Now he's led by the Spirit and then he's led into a desert place. Some will say a dry place. Some will say a wilderness. He is led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And there he defeats Satan. There he's tempted. There he's tried. 
And I want to suggest to you today that in the conversations I've had with people over the years is that sometimes I hear Christians say things like, I'm in a dry season. Have you ever had a dry season? Most of us have had dry seasons in our life. What I want to minister though on is this, you determine how long your dry season is. Because some people, you're not in a dry season, you're in a disobedient season. And disobedience season caused dry seasons. How many of you have ever had a week where you literally lost your mind and you ate crap for about a week? And afterwards you're like, I need some carrots. <laughs> Isn't that the weirdest feeling when you really eat garbage and you're like, what is it in me right now that needs carrots? There's something in me. So how many of you know you can eat like crap for a week, but that's your decision, but then you can eat like crap for a lifetime? And it wasn't anyone else's fault. It was yours. If you give into addiction, normally at the start of addiction, you have some wine, you have some beer, you, you get drunk a few times, you get drunk a few times. Someone starts to say to you, listen, it may be becoming a problem in your life. And you literally say, that could never be a problem in my life. But you don't understand that that season could actually last you the next 40 years of your life. So I want to suggest to you today that most of the time that you and I are in a dry season, it's not because God has led us in a dry season and He's trying to test us. Hear me now, we're in a dry season because we resisted God. We're in a dry season because we said, God, I know better than you. And there isn't now a flow from heaven. But I want to say to you today, you determine the season of your dry season. You determine the length. You determine the time. And hear me now, church. You, 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 you bump into someone and say, hey, man, how you been? Oh, you know what? I haven't been to church recently. I'm just in a dry season. Wait. Stop. Why do you need church to get you out of the dry season? Uh, Anthony, I just, I, I just can't pray anymore. Wait, so in the dry season, you stop praying? Talking to Christians who are Christians and been Christians a long time. Wait, I stopped, I stopped, I stopped reading my Bible because I was in a dry season. No, in the dry season, you seek God more. Hear me now. I, I love the fact that I pray in the Holy Spirit because if I feel dry, how about I go walk for an hour and go pray in the Holy Spirit? And I've almost never found, I've almost never found that I'm dry afterwards. If, if I'm dry and I feel like, oh Lord, I'm not getting out of your word, I read it like for a long time until I get something. And then I found I'm not in a dry season anymore. Too many people are like, oh, you know, a, a long time ago, there was a, a famous person like, oh, I felt like a dry season for 40 years. And I want to come against that type of truth. The Bible says that you come boldly to the throne of grace so that you might have mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. If you're in a dry season, pray. If you're in a dry season, be in the house of God. If you're in the dry season, worship longer. If you're in a dry season, don't disconnect from the source of your strength. When it's not raining, dig deeper. Hey, you with me? I'm trying to help a few people. Some of you are getting it. Some are like, ah, not sure. I, was, I met with someone the other day. And, and he's been in our church a while, and I was just encouraging him on a fact because he's dealing with certain things. 
And I'm just like, man, you need to get in the Word and you need to pray it and speak it and utter it and shout it by yourself. Listen, I didn't start reading the Word because I was a preacher. I started reading the Word because I wanted to grow in Jesus. And the only way I stay growing in Jesus is to do the things He's called us to do. Because if I'm not doing that, I promise you a dry season is going to stay longer than it was ever meant to stay. Let me give you an example since some of you don't believe me yet. The children of Israel were meant to walk through a desert, a dry season for 13 days. They decided to do it for 40 How many of you would rather not do 40, you'd rather do 13? Even if it was days, it was years, it was a generation. Come on, somebody. If Jesus was born of the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, led of the Spirit, and you're meant to be a follower of Jesus, do you think that you need it? So if I was the devil... And I'm not, just in case you're not sure. (laughs) Well, I did have a suspicion. Um, If I was the devil, then I would want to make you suspicious of the Spirit of God. I would make you suspicious of the house of God. I would make you suspicious of prayer. I would make you suspicious of the Bible. Don't read the Bible. You'll become weird. Don't get baptized. You'll be one of those weirdos. There are some weirdos. It's okay. There's weirdos everywhere. I mean, let's be honest. Like, just walk around. You're like, okay, there's some strange people. And as you're thinking someone's strange, they're thinking you're strange. So, so it's okay. The wilderness experience for Jesus was meant to be a place where he got the victory. And he comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he demonstrates his own dominion over the devil. Because I found this, if the devil is trying to get you in somewhere, you give in. He doesn't then just let you go and go, oh, you gave in to my temptation. No, he secures his lock on you like an MMA fighter. He puts you in a jujitsu hold. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there doing like this. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 verse 10, it says, Be strong, decision, in the Lord, who, and in the power of His might, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say in brackets, except if you're in a dry season. Because if you're in a dry season, then you just don't do anything and expect God to save you. God is always co-laboring with you. God is always asking. Listen, he says, seek me with all of your heart. Pastor Anthony, I prayed and it didn't work. There's there's some miracles. We've seen miracles in our church. I wish we'd see more. I'm believing God to see more. I'm believing in the days ahead that we'll see more people saved, more people healed, more people just free in all kinds of areas. But I do not base my faith on my one prayer. If I base my faith on one thing getting answered for me, I have somehow shrunken God, is that if He doesn't obey that one thing, then He's not God anymore. 
because I've, he, he, hear me now, Philippians chapter 3, do you know the Apostle Paul says, I can't wait to come see you soon? He says, I'm going to come see you soon to the church. Do you know he never makes it out of prison? He never gets there. The Apostle Paul was wrong. He thought God was going to get him out of prison. He didn't. He died there. But I don't think he's up in heaven going, I can't believe God, you didn't get me out of, out of prison. Because now he has a new perspective. Now he sees it differently. I can't tell you the number of times I've prayed, God, save my father from alcoholism. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that. But even if he doesn't, he's still God. Even if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him. Even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't. Because sometimes the pain of your life, the reality is it actually makes you compassionate to people that struggle with that. Sometimes the pain of your life actually gives you passion to help people. Because if you never had the pain, you would never have the passion. I'm in a dry place. Listen, if you're in a dry place, come forward and get prayer. Like, no, I want God to meet me where I am. He says, no, come forward. Because he's close to the humble and he resists the proud. Sometimes we're in a dry place because he's resisting you. Sometimes we're in a dry place because he told you something a year ago and you haven't listened. Sometimes you're in a dry, I can't believe I'm in a dry place. But he told you, don't date her. How come you're not hearing my prayer anymore? How come you're not answering my, because I told you a year ago and you're not listening. It might get awkward. Years ago, I was in church, and I had my hands lifted. I was like, Jesus. And the Holy Spirit said, you can't date her. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's, amazing how, 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 it's amazing how happy we are when we're worshiping, when it's going all our way. And he says, hey, stop that. And you're like, oh, oh, wait, hey, wait, wait. I'm not sure of my interpretation of the Bible on that one. The Bible's pretty clear about some things. I, I, mean, I mean, that's the way you read it. Yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> Can we take it a little bit more face value these days? I, I just want my own interpretation of the Bible. Amen. <laughs> See, if I was the devil, I'd make you suspicious of the Holy Spirit because he's the power of the Christian life. He is the source of the Christian life. He is the filling. He empowered Jesus. He was there and present. He empowered every, every disciple, every apostle, every prophet, every teacher. He empowers the Word. So we are not to be suspicious of the Holy Spirit. Now, is there times where maybe you met someone and you felt like maybe that wasn't God? But the truth is, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, I think it's verse 3, He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Sometimes you can't see God moving because our hearts are dirty. Do you know that Jesus healed a blind man right in front of the Pharisees and they kept saying, I'm not sure it's God? They kept on, how, how did he heal you? Would you show me the method? And he's literally like, don't you see? I was blind, but now I see. It is the Holy Spirit that allows you to see the work of God. And it's only by His grace that He, he actually empowers us to do that. 
Are you with me, church? Listen, uh, John chapter uh, 14, verse 16 says this, And I will ask the Father, can I have the worship team to come back? And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate. What's He going to do? He's going to help you, and He's going to be with you forever. So if I'm not experiencing the presence of God, it's not because He's left. It may just be because I'm distracted. And it may just be because I'm not doing what he needs me to do to enter into the presence of God. Does that make sense? Now, let me assure you, let me give you a, 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 a picture of the goodness of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is practical. He really is. He's practical and he's actually balanced. You know, the Holy Spirit comes down. The Bible says, like a dove. The Bible is always strategic when it gives symbols of a certain thing. He comes down like a dove. The dove has nine main feathers on one side and nine main feathers on the other side. There are nine fruits of the Spirit and there are nine supernatural gifts of the Spirit and they are to be in balance with one another. That's why sometimes you meet someone and they're so spiritual, but they're a little bit fruity. And you meet other people who've got other things going on well upon their life and they can't take them seriously because there isn't balance. Let me tell you, let me tell you just a very practical thing, how the Holy Spirit is practical, that He cares about your worship moments. He cares about the, the time with God. He cares about these moments. Guess what? He cares about Monday too. About a year ago, my, my wife began to tell me, babe, we knew there was a couple of issues with our electrical system in our house electrical wiring because sometimes we'd turn something on and then other things would shut off which is normally a bad sign that there's some overloading and some electrician told me hey there's overloading you should probably take he literally said you should probably take a look at that one stage and then my wife began to tell me about a year ago took me about a year to listen to her she 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 said um honey i just kind of feel bothered i think there's something wrong with our electrical thing i think you need to go get it fixed so i got a quote and um and he quoted me like, I don't know, 1400 bucks. And I was like, okay, thanks, man. I'll see you later. And I'll wait on that one. <laughs> about a month ago, I kept thinking about selling a house, but I kept getting images in my mind of our house burning down for about a month, occasionally. And I just kept like the Lord kept bothering me, get the electricity fixed with your house. And, and I prayed about it. And I was like, Lord, I don't really have the money. Anyway, kept praying about it, kept praying about it. Finally, I'm like, you know, I just, you know, after a month, how many know that eventually the Lord gets your attention? And then it was Him. I bring an electrician. He literally looks at my stuff. He fixes it. He said, you're probably five, seven days away from your whole house burning down. There was one tiny little wire was still hanging on. He said, as soon as that broke, you'd have a fire in your basement, fire in your house. For one month, the Lord had been bothering me get your electricity or electrical wires fixed a year ago my wife was telling me the same thing he's like but he's not listening to his wife i might start nudging him telling him amen the holy spirit is spiritual sometimes he'll tell you pray sometimes he'll say shut off that movie Sometimes he'll, he'll, he'll literally, like I've had men in our church who were going to skip church and God gave them a dream that night. They had to show up to church that night or that, that morning. The Holy Spirit is both spiritual and he's practical. 
Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with men. It's this balance. God wants to move in your life, but it isn't weird, but it will be powerful. And if Jesus needed to be born of the Spirit and filled with the Spirit and empowered by the Spirit and led of the Spirit, guess what the Christian journey is? Learning to do that. Learning to stay filled, learning to be led, and learning to flow in the power of the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit will anoint you to function in a spiritual gift, but a business gift. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is both the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of power? And I just pray, I don't have time, and this is why we're doing this series for a while in our church, is because sometimes the challenge of preaching is is one of you is a first-time guest and the other one of you has like a, a master's in divinity. And one of you is like 14 and one of you is 84. And so think of all the different education factors and smart factors and experiences. And some of you went to a church when you were young and it was very Holy Spirit. And some of you went to a, a church and it was no Holy Spirit. They were scared of Him. Like, it was in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Bible, not the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right? But you wondered why that church seemed dead and you wonder why there seemed no life in it because if you resist the Holy Spirit you are resisting God because it's His Spirit. If I'm resisting the Holy Spirit, I'm resisting Jesus because He said He'd send it and I'm resisting the power that I need to live the life that I'm called to live. You cannot live the Christian life in your own morality. Haven't you found that out yet? I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And that takes a process. And that doesn't mean, listen, in our church, like that doesn't mean you walk up to someone and just go, I just feel like, like I just need to tell you, you need to go to Africa and you need to stay there forever. <laughs> normally, normally the first time I meet someone, <laughs> let me just have a conversation with you. Can we just chat? Normally the first time I meet someone and then they come up to me and say, God told me to tell you and it's the first time I meet you, in the back of my head I go, cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> Why? Because I don't, I don't know you. But one of the greatest voices in my world has been my wife. One of the greatest voices has been other leaders who know me well. But then occasionally, we had someone on Facebook us a while ago and I knew her from years ago. I knew she was a spirit-filled woman beautiful woman she would send us messages hey I feel like God's given me something for you and your wife and your family and at first I remember she wrote us this letter and I was just like okay I prayed about it put it on the side and then later we looked at it it was like oh wow that was true and she sent us another message and that was true sent us another message and oh wow that was true sent us another message and gosh dang it that was really true and she became tested and tried so I just pray that God will give us both the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of power. Don't be suspicious of the Holy Spirit. He's good. He's God. He's necessary. He is good. He is God. He is necessary. Scripture puts it this way, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit be with just the pastor. 
be with all of you. See, I'm actually to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray. When I spend time with Jesus by myself, I'm just praying, Holy Spirit, show me Jesus. Holy Spirit, open the Bible to me. Holy Spirit, if there's something in my world that you need to speak to me about, would you speak to me about that? And sometimes He does, and then other times He doesn't. And if He doesn't, that's okay. Just use wisdom. And then go see a, a practical counselor. You know, I had a dream recently, and I, and I just was like, oh my goodness, that's God. So then I pay attention. And here's what I've noticed. If I pay attention to what God speaks to me, He seems to want to speak to me more. Why? Because I'm paying attention. Are you paying attention? Come on all across this place. Would you close your eyes? Let me say one more time. If Jesus needed to be born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, led of the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, don't you think to fulfill God's mission and mandate for your life, you need the same? So all across this place, in a moment of just surrender to the Lord, you can turn your palms toward heaven. Just close your eyes, but just as a sign, just to say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Open your hands to God. And just across this church, we're going to pray a simple prayer. We're going, to, we're going to pray, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, help me be led of you. Help me live empowered by you. So come on, all across this place, pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, Fill me, empower me, help me be led of you, help me be wise, help me be balanced, help me be fruitful, in Jesus' name. Well, eyes are closed all across this place. If you meant business with God today, and you know you're far away from God, you might be here today, and you just don't know if you're a Christian. You don't know if you've ever met Jesus. You don't know if, if, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? You're literally like, I think I'm a pretty good person, Anthony, but do I know that for sure? No, I don't know that for sure. Jesus died for you to forgive you. Jesus died for you to destroy the power of death, sin, and the devil. Jesus died for humanity. If you're here today, feel far away from God. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer. This prayer is the most important prayer you can ever pray. It is to be born of the Spirit of the living God. So let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, rising from the dead. Right now, I trust in you. I invite you into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Be my very best friend. Thank you, Jesus. Today I declare, you are my King. You are my God. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, would you quickly just raise your hand, raise it up high and say, Pastor Anthony, that was me today. Man, I did that all across this place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those that just feel far away from God, those that are saying yes for the very first time, man, thank you. Thank you. Lots of hands going up. That's awesome today, man. That's awesome today. That's another one. Yeah, that's awesome today, sweetheart. So proud of you. That guy in the back there, man, I always love seeing uh, men respond to Christ. Man, so awesome. Thank you. That's awesome sweetheart that's awesome you can put your hands down father i thank you for every hand 
and I thank you for every heart. So in the name of Jesus, let this word not um, return void. Let it accomplish what you want it to. Let it build a culture of faith and hope and love in this place, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Come on, can we stand our feet for a moment?